0: Holy cow! You found a good one. It's the loftest party, and you guys—if you're just jumping in, this is a great one. We're, we've uh, we got Nick Searcy coming up on the show later, and you're like, "Who the heck? Who the heck is Nick?" Se-? He's in everything. <laughs> I, I'm looking at his Wikipedia uh, gimlet. The guy's been in like five movies that have been nominated for Best Picture. Uh, he was. This is just. This is short stuff. This is. Uh, the Prince of Tides, uh, Fried Green Tomatoes. He was in the movie The Fugitive. Uh, he was in Castaway, Head of State, uh, just tons, tons, tons. Now he's directing. He's he's an, he's an amazing guy. Very outspoken on Twitter. Very. Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's his what's his Twitter name?
1: I believe it's at Nick Searcy.
0: Nick, or is it like that Nick Searcy or something like that? I don't know.
1: I'll I'll look uh, real quick, but.
0: But it's a it's a great segue cause, and and I I can't wait to ask him about this because he is so outspoken he's completely outspoken I don't know if he's got the blue check uh, by his name or not but they're 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 dropping like flies uh, yes people are now here oddly enough and this is because we're just jumping right into the show uh, and we'll we'll have Nick on later I I cannot wait uh, to talk to that guy they got. Uh, the big Info Wars thing happened, like in a, in a coordinated. So dumb. Uh, yeah, and and of course I'll do the obligatory. Like I never listen to Info Wars. Like I I have a buddy of mine who does, uh, but whatever. Like that's not my bag. I guess I guess you're supposed to hate them. You're supposed to go. I can't. I find Alex Jones despicable. That's what everybody has to say. I, I hate that prerequisite. Blah blah blah. But uh, it's like everyone got together and just got rid of Alex Jones everybody except for Twitter I'll give Twitter uh, uh, credit there but it was like a coordinated attack I don't even know
1: led by CNN if I'm not mistaken
0: yes but I don't know I don't know what Alex Jones did I don't know what specifically they're going oh this this was a violation uh, of our terms so uh, and then they they just banned uh, so t- so Twitter still has infowars and Alex Jones mm-hmm Uh, But they banned uh, Gavin McGinnis.
1: Yeah, I saw that yesterday and I didn't get the 411 on it. I mean, Gavin for a long time was a pretty mainstream commentator. He worked for Levin. They had a falling out, I believe. Um, Not really sure what happened other than some association to an organization called the Proud Boys, which I really don't know or understand.
0: Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know what that's uh, all about either. But it just seems like that they, they got kicked off because, like, we don't, we don't like what you think, is is how it looks to me. So, uh,
1: well, I think the Proud Boys are in that entire group that's considered white nationalist, and I don't know enough about them to know whether that's an accurate characterization or not.
0: I, it can't be. Here's, I mean, like. Gavin is Gavin McGinnis. I've seen him on Red Eye mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of times. Highly entertaining dude. Mm-hmm. Highly entertaining dude. Uh, I think he, he just seems like he'd be too smart to be associated with something uh, like that. Like there's, there's a rally going on today. It's the, the anniversary of Charlottesville. And it's hilarious because there's just not enough uh, whites, white supremacists uh, to go around.
1: No, there's not. It's six guys named there's Bubba, one. and you'll hear about it for the next six days.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, there's just there's just not. So now they're turning on the cops.
1: <laughs> like <know.
0: laughs> when the protesters are there, and there's no there's no like white nationalists. Now they're they're yelling stuff at the cops, and it's just it's all just so predictable and boring. I don't uh, whatever. It's it's just so predictable. And boring. And just absolutely boring. And, and the good thing is they're showing their true colors by turning on the cops.
1: Well, and to me, right, It. I heard something that finally made sense about what all of this that bothers me so much. Um, Jordan Peterson says a lot of times when he's talking about the political left and the political right and what their actual roles in this process legitimately could be, um, he says the right Puts a box around what's unacceptable, and I don't think you or I, or most of the people we would know, would say that white identity politics and nationalism is okay. Um, we're not calling for a white ethno state, that would be ridiculous. So we put a box around that and say, okay, CNN's gonna pay a lot of attention to it, so will MSNBC and all the other hate mongers, but most of the folks on the right just look at it and go, yeah, that's illegitimate. We don't sign up for that. Nobody puts an effective box around the people on the left who attack Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk while they're having breakfast. Yeah. Um, the guy who like put several people in the hospital whacking them over the head with bike locks at one protest um, from Antifa got like 3 years probation he didn't even do any jail time like there is it's, no box on the left of what is unacceptable
0: no no it's all, it's all just uh re- regretful spontaneous violence that has nothing to do with politics nice. and uh oh well you know it's it's uh it's a, i can't stand it and i find it i really do like it's not maybe boring, isn't it? It's just so predictable. It's like you've got the Antifa people looking for a fight, and then oh, these guys show up and they're like, "We're going to stand up to you," blah blah blah. Like, I really, I, I just like, don't go, man. Just don't go. Let these people scream in a vacuum. Like if I was, it, it, like right now, they're 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 marching and they're saying things that all cops are racist and blah 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 blah. If I was the cop in that town, I'd be like, everybody goes home. Every we're we're all going home. They're on their own. They don't like cops. We're out of here. Like just right? it's just adding boys. fuel to the. Um, I want to go on to this story because this is one that we've been on top of, and our listeners have been on top of, and now finally, again, the the mainstream media uh, is starting to catch up. Right, they're they're starting to pay some attention uh, to Bruce Orr. Uh, oh, finally, and. and <laughs> Oh yeah, well they've they've got they got emails from him and text messages from him, and it sounds just like another version. Uh, it, it's the same thing as 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 Peter struck. You know, it's like oh, who are we going to contact if you go away? Who's going to be this? Can you help us out with that? How you do? Just like all contingency plans and don't worry and Trump won't be president and all this stuff. Now don't let's not forget Bruce Ohr's wife, who worked for Fusion, Fusion GPS. Mm-hmm. Which is like, it, that just stinks. Just stinks to high heaven. Then you throw in, and this is just comedically, this is like Dick Tracy. This is like a bad detective novel. Spontaneously, uh, in uh, in the, the 2016, one day out of nowhere, she decides to get a uh, a ham radio license.
1: Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> just, that's
0: just insane. To
1: Talk about a back channel, folks. Right? <laughs>
0: So now it's too funny. I'm watching I'm watching the Sunday shows and and you've got uh you've got uh oh oh who's the uh, uh one of the the democrats who's always on the five on Fox News.
1: Juan Williams?
0: Juan Williams, yeah. He's like you've got you know what? Here's what. You can't talk about the whole FBI. You can't talk about the entire justice department. You got a couple people. You got a cup you got a handful of people Uh, I I know it looks bad, but and it's like, it looks horrible.
1: Well, what I was reading is Bruce Orr actually kept notes of his meetings with Christopher Steele and the people at Fusion GPS after Steele had been let go by the FBI for running his mouth. So he wasn't even a legit source anymore. And Orr, I think... I can't remember if he actually met with Steele, but he was meeting with Glenn Simpson, and the notes he was taking about what a piece of garbage that dossier was were incredible. How do they then use that to get a FISA warrant? That's my big question
0: it's that that's a huge, huge part of it and and then you see this whole uh, this whole it's it's Peter Struck, it's Lisa Page, it's Bruce Orr, it's his wife, it's Jim Comey. It's like it is a systematic. It is the biggest story. I think that that no one's talking about. And and they uh, and this goes back to the YouTube uh, and 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 Twitter thing. What they do is they say it's a oh you're you're talking about a conspiracy theory now. It's a conspiracy theory. Every theory is a conspiracy theory until it's proven. <laughs> And wow. I guess that's what that's what YouTube is saying. Uh, they they kicked Alex Jones off for because he propagates conspiracy theories and, and and stuff like that. But like every con- every theory is a conspiracy theory unless everybody believes it. You know it, that's 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 science, man. Someone starts a new theory and you are like, whoa, that's crazy, and then it turns out it's true. And so it, it's a systematic. I, I'm sorry. I just don't believe you can divor- divorce yourself. Peter Struck. It's obvious he hated uh, Trump, and and Lisa Page hated Trump, and they were a position of power. And you cannot convince me that they didn't do something, start some crap to try to take down his presidency. And then you add on the Bruce Orr, and then you add on his wife. Uh, Nelly worked for Fusion GPS and was getting ham radio. Are you kidding me? We're supposed to believe everything's on the up and up. Are you high? Are you high? And then they always go to this. It, it, they, oh, it was a handful, a handful of bad apples, which leads me right to the whole IRS thing, mm-hmm. which leads me right there. And there's some new developments uh, on that because that's that's the other thing they always say about uh, about the, the IRS. It was a couple couple rogue agents. In the Cincinnati branch, a couple of rogue agents. Well, now we know John McCain's office was involved. Uh, We know the guy who was supposed to revamp the IRS didn't do it. And I don't know if you knew this, but uh, get out your umbrella because it's about to start raining knowledge on you. Uh, A judge just awarded a settlement. To, there was a class action lawsuit uh, from all the Tea Party groups that got slowed down, you know, because McCain's right. office was like slow them all down. So there's a, a settlement's been reached. Uh, 3.5 million bucks. The IRS is going to be doling out 3.5 million bucks to these Tea Party groups, but they do not have to admit guilt.
1: That's pretty typical of a settlement.
0: So, yeah, we're just going to give you 3.5 million, but we didn't do anything. Yes, you did. We didn't. <laughs> and that's and that's and no one is reporting it. Like no, the, I, the idea of the government being weaponized against its citizens it, it should terrify everybody. And that and that people aren't reporting on this story because it'll happen again. It'll
1: happen again. It'll happen again. Well, you know, there's there's lots of stories that aren't being reported. I mean, we. We talked last week about Diane Feinstein and her Chinese spy, right? Yes. Now this week, this week, a man in New Mexico was running a school shooting training camp. That man is the son of an unindicted 9-11 co-conspirator who testified for the Blind Shake, who is also Linda Soursore's mentor. Gee, I wonder why it was canned and framed that way. Hmm. It's
0: it's 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 mind-boggling. I'm just it's laughing. mind-boggling. And now you've got breaking news right now, uh, Keith Ellison.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Dang.
0: I guess dragging his his girlfriend or his ex-wife, some dragging some lady around uh, by her feet and mm-hmm. throwing her off the bed and. Uh, <laughs> And her
1: kids, her kids are piping up about it. From what I read,
0: oh, the, I guess they they found a, they found the video. They found the text messages. They found oh, I all this didn't evidence.
1: Know they found the video.
0: Oh, the kid, yeah, the kids did. They found the text messages. They found emails. They found a video. And they went to the mom, and uh, the mom was like, "Well, let's be cool about it. You know, this isn't in our best interest." The mom tried to talk him out of it, and then finally. Finally, they talked her in. We got to go. We got to come forward. We got to come forward. Right. So, uh, so she did. But like, th- no one's, no, no one's one talking about that, that either. No, everyone's no. talking about o- Omarosa's book.
1: Oh, what? Omarosa. A, a, did you see the latest? She secretly recorded John Kelly firing her and now she's released it.
0: Did you hear the tape? No. No, oh, I, I, I did. And I, I, I heard he's like, he's like, listen. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but this is the attitude. Listen, this uh, this this didn't work out. Uh, but there's a way to do this where you know everybody wins, and there's no animosity, and then you have a uh, you know very a very bright a very bright future. It's like not even threatening at all. He's just pretty much saying. Uh, be, cool. be cool. Like if you if you're work cool out. with us, if you're cool with us, we'll be cool with you. Yada yada yada. And now she's uh, man. I tell you what, it's it's. Can I was we just always
1: think surprised. About one thing, nobody what? would know who Omarosa was if it weren't for Donald J. Trump. No one would care.
0: I watched the first season of The Apprentice. I was one of those people, and I couldn't stand her. <laughs> I could not stand her cuz she was the villain she was the villain of the uh, of the show Duplicitous lies like a snake and when when she started like when she jumped on board the the whole trump train and started I'm like oh boy, oh boy. this is this not going to end trouble. well this yeah. is not going to end well. And then all of a sudden she's got a position, they made up a job for her in the White House and I'm like, "Oh boy." And then she got fired and I'm like, "Oh, maybe we dodged one. Maybe we dodged the bullet because there is one person that that chick looks out for. One person and it's Omarosa. She is a straight-up snake, a straight-up snake. And I hope this is like her last trip to the ATM. This oh, is it's her last be.
1: It's got to be, because after this, who in the world is going to entrust her with anything? Seriously, Uh, you literally pulled a Michael Cohen, and you already saw what happened to him. Like, come on. What is all this subterfuge where we're going to secretly record people doing nothing wrong so we can release it later? I mean, I I just, I don't even understand. I can't even wrap my brain around how you think that way.
0: I totally want her prosecuted right now. <laughs> I do. Because that's like a big national security uh, risk. Well, who knows what You're she walked You're not allowed to have a recording. phone in the Situation Room.
1: Seriously. Uh, who knows yeah. what she walked around with a recorder in her pocket? Yeah, I
2: mean, just what she a is, sleazy,
1: uh, sleazy thing to do. You could have walked so out of there. And she's so insanely and had a career, and just been yep didn't work out. But here's what I did. I mean, it's still on your resume. Instead of that, you do this to cash in, and then it's over, over because no one will trust you. Uh,
0: I I can't. I, I think she's married to some NFL player, but I I feel sorry for oh, that Oh really? Yeah I, yeah, I I really I really whoever whoever is saddled with having to bed down with that uh, lizard woman. <laughs> every night oh sweet lord i want to i want to get to this uh before we run out of time uh the california wildfires uh yeah, I and know. and what a what a and what a raging pile of bureaucracy that is and that is that is the bureaucracy that's what's in a way responsible for how big these fires are there was a uh, I, and i saw it i should have bookmarked it on twitter Uh, Someone posted it. It's like uh, the state of California was warned about Uh a year ago by the forestry department or whoever saying, listen, you got, we got way too much undergrowth. We got way too much undergrowth. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to go up and it's going to go up big. Uh, So you can, thanks Obama. Thanks Obama.
1: Well, we had to save a bird or something didn't we isn't that what started the whole we can't disrupt the habitats I mean well, it's I in, in, a, in a way in there, a way
0: Bill, Bill Clinton changed the forestry uh, system and they tried to make it work and it didn't kind of work and it was broken and so one of the things Obama did in 2012 was uh, completely overhauled it and start started a whole new level. Of bureaucracy, so yeah, it's it's almost impossible if you're a homeowner to legally clear uh, undergrowth. You're yeah, you might be upsetting the habitat of this animal or that animal or something. Uh, controlled burns are unheard of. They just there's just too much red tape, mm-hmm. uh, and they got they got and that I find it odd. And this is like the delicious part of it. If there's any if there's any upside, hopefully we'll learn something. Uh, About not letting this happen again, but like the 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 forestry department, another bureaucratic arm, like Mm -hmm. warned the governor, and like everybody's, you know, blaming Trump, and Trump's trying to say climate
1: change. Climate change is the one I see.
0: Yeah, climate change, and then Trump. Trump tweeted something about the water, uh, which was a bit misguided because yeah, all the all the runoff, it does, it goes to the ocean, it goes straight to the ocean, but it's not about water. It's about uh, being able to clear your land and clear well, out and old gr-
1: The one in Southern California was arson. They arrested the guy.
0: Oh, that's, I think that, 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 that was the one up north, too. I thought they found somebody.
1: The previous ones they did, I haven't been able to find anything on this one. Down south, they've arrested somebody, though.
0: Good. Good, good, good. All right. This is a fun show. This is a great one. Uh, that's just like a like Gatling gun news, news, news. Uh, we got we got Nick Searcy. I want to make sure we got plenty of time for Nick. I hope this goes long. <laughs> I, I got I, I literally I have so much stuff uh, that I want to talk to him about. So we're gonna talk to Nick Searcy for a little bit. Super excited about that. Then stick around uh, because. We've got some hilarious news uh, out of England that's right out of Monty Python. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Oscars and the Punisher and uh, Deadpool 2. All kinds of stuff. So uh, let's settle in with Nick Searcy, and we'll be right back. As promised, you guys, we got we got Nick Searcy with us. Now, before I even get to talking with the man, uh, an amazing—go to this dude's uh, Wikipedia. Go to this dude's— IMDB page. We're talking Days of Thunder, Prince of Tides, uh, Holy, Castaway, which I just saw recently. Which uh, amazing performance in that. Uh, the Ugly Truth, The Last Song, Moneyball, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing. This dude uh, is Nick Searcy. He is a he's an actor. He's a director. He's a filmmaker. He's a provocateur on Twitter. <laughs> Nick, thanks for being here, man.
2: I'm also a really bad golfer. You forgot that.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, hey. a, a really bad golfer, fantastic.
2: <laughs> nice, to, nice to be with you, Michael.
0: Okay, now, I got so much stuff. I, I don't even know where to ask, so we're going we're gonna to go with the, the big one here. Just uh, relax.
2: Don't be nervous. I know how excited you must be to speak to me, but, you know, it's I, normal. <laughs> People feel like this all the time. Don't Just relax.
0: I'm going to I'm going to try. I want I want to talk about you've directed two films. Uh you, you directed uh a piece in 95 which I'm guessing you did that on film, right? That was like uh, an old school film camera, right?
2: <laughs> yes, we shot that on 35 millimeter film back before the digital age.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's that's stress. That's a high level stress. Now, uh you've got a new film coming out, Gaznell. You and I guess you're you're all finished up on that. You 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 wrapped a couple years ago, but now you've locked in a, a distribution deal. How? What was your experience like on that one? That's 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 a bit bigger, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a little bigger budget for me, and uh, you know, it was a it was a great experience. Just I love directing. I love the the thrill of trying to make a movie that way. It's uh, it's kind of like being in a war. You you know, I mean, not to denigrate soldiers, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're, it's a battle every day to get the thing done. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very excited that it's finally coming out. There was a while there when I thought that it just might never surface because, uh, it's a very controversial subject. And I think the producers had some difficulty getting a a company to release it. Well,
0: in, 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 in case you don't know, uh, Gosnell, a big uh, a- abortion doctor, right in Philly.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, basically, he was he was a murderer. He just, yeah. did, You know, the fact that he happened to be an abortion doctor was was just the way he went about things. I mean, he he was basically performing a lot of illegal abortions, and he was he was he was killing babies after they'd already been born. So that's what he was convicted of. He was convicted of murder. Wow, it's, and this is like one of the the biggest uh, like
0: underreported uh, crime sprees because I I found out about this like maybe uh, maybe two three years ago. I'd never even heard of the guy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, here's what I as as a filmmaker just uh, and I apologize. Like, is it? I don't know how 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 do you make this just like instead of just being like sad and maudlin? Is it is it a is it a thriller? Are we on the side of the cops and we're trying to track this guy down? Or is it like uh, inside the mind of a... How did, how did, you, no, no, how did it's, you go about it's
2: it? A, it's a thriller. It's it's definitely a crime drama. It's all about how they caught him and how they prosecuted him. That's, that's basically what it is. Because uh, I just thought that any other way of going about it would just be too maudlin and would make the movie unwatchable. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted the story to get out there, but I did also want it to be something that people could could actually sit through without uh, losing their lunch. You know. Yeah,
0: so. that's that's a tough one. I mean, just as a subject matter. Now, did the, did the producers like reach out to you, or like, it's tough, man. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, granted, you've done a you've done a boatload of films. I, I just named a handful, and you've been acting f- for a very long time. And, and And most talented people eventually want to direct. But like, what made you say yes to this project?
2: Well, when they first contacted me, you know, I was a friend of theirs, and they just said, "Do you know anybody who might be interested in directing this film?" And I gave them a couple of names, and those names didn't pan out and they came back to me and I said, "Well, you know, I did direct a film a few years ago. I might do it depending on the script, you know. And I sent them a copy of the movie that I directed and they they asked me to uh, come on board." And yeah, I, I mean great. after after I read the script, after I read this I was kind of tentative about it until I read the script. And when I read the script, I thought, "Okay, this is this is a story that needs to be told and it's it's uh, one of those rare instances where you can kind of participate in something that you actually think might be important, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and how are I'm sure you, have you have you screened this the uh, for, for credits for critics and uh, what's what's the feedback been?
2: You know, uh, it's been screened for a lot of different groups. The feedback has been very positive. They haven't screened it for critics. I, I know what the critics are going to say. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's—I I, don't—I'm I, not going to pay any attention to that, but uh, it's been very well received by the audiences that have watched it. So.
0: That's fantastic. Now, was there was there like a breakout person for you? Now, I know you have to be somewhat political because you got you got a big cast. You got to be nice to everybody, but it, is there a performance in the film that just stands out where you're like, wow, I didn't know I didn't know this guy or this girl just had it had it in him?
2: I I would say, well. I would say both in the case of Dean Kane, who delivers a, a really gritty, down-to-earth performance that I, I haven't seen him do anything like this before. And he's really terrific. And, and Sarah Jane Morris, who's basically the lead in the film, she's the lead prosecutor. She really it's a it's a brave, touching, wonderful performance from her. And a lot of the, I mean, almost all the, I have like six notes from different actresses in the movie who basically wrote me saying, thank you for giving me my first role. (laughs) Oh, wow. There's a lot of first time actresses in this movie and they all are pretty amazing. And a lot of that, of course, is due to me because I'm such a genius. But I tell you, you,
0: I I know you're (laughs) I know you're joking around, but like that is a huge part of it. Uh, you know, you don't you don't want an adversarial role with your cast. They got to feel comfortable. They got to feel you kind of have to shepherd them on this journey. But you got to get what you want out of it. I don't I'd love to direct as well someday. But it's like such a daunting uh, task. Like what was what was the biggest challenge?
2: Really, time. The budget and the the amount of time that we had to spend that that was the biggest challenge because you know we we shot the movie in twenty one days and really it should have been thirty yeah but, uh, that's a, that's
0: like a Clint Eastwood schedule right there
2: yeah it it really is it's like a TV movie schedule but you know back back in the eighties when they made TV movies you know? they should um, bring those back yeah yeah they should I guess they can't can't figure out how to make that profitable anymore but. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was really the biggest challenge is, you know, you got to get so much done in a day and, uh, but thankfully I had a great crew, I had a great DP, Mark Peterson, who did a fantastic job and, you know, it, it really, it came together beautifully. I mean, it's a, it's a, I'm very proud of it. It's a nice. I I cannot wait to see it. I cannot wait to see it
0: now. Now I want to get to you a little bit as, as an actor, some of the directors that you've worked with, insane, insane. Uh, Barbara Streisand, uh, Tony Scott, Robert Zemeckis, uh, holy smoke, Guillermo del Toro.
2: Yeah, well, of those that you mentioned, only Barbara Streisand is actually insane. But <laughs> <laughs> what was she in the work like? You guys, oh. y- you were, you were the Prince of Tides. You were, yeah, on the, the- yeah. Was, well, was it like was like a long. It was a, no, no. She's perfectly nice. I was just kidding. It was a long time ago, and uh, I was only there for one day. But um, in the movie, I, I basically have one scene where I'm at a party, and I ask Nick Nolte to dance with me. Yeah, and um, Barbara Streisand. When I auditioned for the movie, I I kind of came in like leather gear, like a lot of the other people that were auditioning for it were kind of preppy and nicely dressed. And I had on a leather cap, yeah. a tank top, and a chain and stuff. And she kind of didn't get it when I did my audition. She said, <laughs> she looked at me and she said, you know, I might want to use you for one of the rapists. And uh, I think uh, the story goes that she showed the tapes of uh, the auditions to Nick Nolte. And Nick Nolte said, you should get the leather guy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Nolte,
0: now, now, was he, was he nuts uh, on that, that movie?
2: I had a great time with him. You know, I, it was, the, the people that were in the scene with me were, were Nick Nolte and George Carlin. So, oh,
0: my Lord.
2: Yeah, it was great. It was just... I did, uh, I was, I
0: was, a, uh, I was a, a, what you call an extra, uh, came very, very close to a speaking part uh, in this movie called Teachers with Nick Nolte. Yeah. And he, he must have been going through something uh, back then. <laughs> yeah. Because, Wow. He he was uh, pajama pants and robe, and he he was out there. Old Nick was out there. You know who does a great <laughs> Nick? Kevin James does the best Nick Nolte impression ever oh, yeah. in the history of ever. Yeah. Okay. So so um, holy smoke! I just uh, I saw Castaway in the movie theater, and and I really didn't did not like it at all. Didn't like it at all. I just watched it again a couple weeks ago, and like had an epiphany. I'm, like, wow, I totally missed this movie. Like, I, I got it wrong. Uh, and, and I'm watching it, and then y- you show up. in right. it. And dude, I want to tell you what, and I, I tweeted about it. Like, that was a fantastic performance.
2: Oh, well, I appreciate that. I'm I
0: mean, not, it's, it's, a very, it's a very rare quality. I want to I keep blowing smoke here just for a little <laughs> bit longer. But it's like the, the everyman, to me, is, is the hardest thing for an actor to do. Like uh, and Robert Duvall would back me up on this. It's it's easy to play. Oh, I'm paralyzed. I can only move my head. Oh, I'm blind. Who's talking? You know, th- there's just like like little tricks you can get away with. But dude, uh, that was a fantastic performance in Castaway.
2: Well, you're very sweet. That's that uh, I appreciate that. It, it, it was it was great fun, and of course, an honor to work with Zemeckis and Hanks. Um, and you know that came about. I think partially I had worked with Hanks a little bit on From the Earth to the Moon. He produced that, and I met yeah. him when I was when I was working on that show. Oh, uh, I had it flipped. I had it flipped. I thought you met
0: Hanks on on Castaway, and then you did. Uh, you were you were Deke Slayton, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that came first. That that uh, and From the Earth to the Moon was really. I I was on that show for like twelve episodes, and I met. I met everybody in Hollywood. I think <laughs> you know, it was. It was uh, it, it, I met Hanks, and then I met Graham Yost. And then wow. after, for fifteen years after I did did that, I was writing Graham Yost, going, "I thought you liked me. I thought we were friends. <laughs> what? You're doing all this stuff, and you never cast me. And then finally, he he told me he just he gave me Justified just to shut me up. Oh man,
0: <laughs> uh, I see. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Justified. I gotta, I gotta get into that. I'm a huge uh, Timothy uh, Olyphant uh, fan. He was uh, uh, amazing. What was the series he did on HBO? Deadwood. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he doesn't suck. He's got that. He's got that. He's got that. I, I can barely con- contain my rage thing down. I've never seen anybody do that. Just like he's just so angry and it's just simmering. It's fantastic.
2: Yeah, we had, a, we had a great time on that show. He, uh, most of my stuff oh, on yeah. the show, you'll see when you watch it, I mean, 90% of what I do on that show is talk to him. So, okay. Um, but, yeah, we had a great time. So, now, I, I, I just want to
0: get this out there. You, you were also uh, on, you were a series regular on Rodney with uh, my old friend uh, Rodney Carrington. And I yeah. had, I had, I had, no idea oh my god i've i've been in hollywood for a while i've been uh, fortunate enough i've written on a few shows blah 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 but like before any of that happened (laughs) i i had met rodney and i'd never seen anything like it i had never seen anything like it i was we were working at a comedy club in louisville kentucky uh, and and he just, there was like 25 people on the first night. He was so funny. I like my women like I like my chicken, just a little bit of fat on the end. He's doing right. his little songs. He's just a goofball. Right. Yeah. He's just this oaky, goofball, lovable idiot, and just to watch the audience just grow and grow and grow until by Friday night, it was just standing room only. It was hilarious. So oh, I moved out to great. L.A. Oh, it's completely amazing. I go, so I moved out to hollywood and then I'm, I'm doing uh stand up at like the uh the the improv in like uh in phoenix or something and rodney's doing like a theater he comes out to see he ends his show comes over to see my show and he's like do you ever move out to la they keep trying to convince me to go now if you don't know rodney that's spot on yeah it is, it <laughs> is. It, they keep they keep trying to get me to come out there and i'm like i went to the head of abc and i'm like what do you pay john ritter when you right. want to pay me what you pay John Ritter, then I'll do the
2: dang show. And he was completely <laughs> for real. And it yeah. worked. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, we did two seasons. And, uh, you know, when I, I met Rodney, I just I just auditioned for it and met him. And we did the pilot, and we just hit it off. We were really good friends right from the beginning. And I had never really heard of Rodney before. You know, I'd been in L.A. all this time. And yeah. I, I didn't know that he was such a big comedian out in the middle of the country. And, and after we got done, I was flying back to North Carolina and he said, why don't you just come with me and you stop and uh, stop. I think we went to, I can't remember exactly, St. Louis. We went to St. Louis on his private jet to see his show. Yeah. And like, we go in and there's 5,000 people there and they know every word to every song. And I was like, oh my God, who is this man? <laughs> you know? Exact see here's the deal Nick you were living in a bubble yeah. and Rodney
0: was out there in the middle of America
2: he's the Donald Trump of stand-ups I know he and he's still killing it I mean I, talked, I just talked to him last week he's he works every weekend and goes back home and he says man I'm done with that LA stuff I don't I'm not ever coming out there ever again
0: <laughs> he is he is a genius he, yeah. he and oddly enough you were you're a fantastic golfer Rodney uh taught me to golf yeah oh, I, I never golf and he's always complaining about his wife I, I, I the first day I met him I tell you what man uh, my wife just spends all my money she just spends all my money he didn't have a car this is before he, had, he was huge he didn't have a car he's like can you take me to the mall can you take me to the mall it's white hat season it's white hat <laughs> and I'm like I take him to the mall, and the guy blows 300 bucks on a white cowboy hat. I'm like,
2: yeah, your wife's the problem. Your wife yeah. is the problem. Yeah, yeah. No, Rodney's a character for sure. Hilarious. And uh, the other thing I directed was a music video for Rodney. So, <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I did a music video for his song, uh, If I'm the Only One. and He plays it now at all his concerts. He plays it in the pre-show. That's fantastic, man. Now,
0: but before I let you go, like and this is fantastic cuz in it, and it gives me hope as a, like I'm on Twitter, I'm doing this loftiest party thing and trying to maintain a career in Hollywood and and I see your tweets and I'm like, okay, here's 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 cuz dude, I always hold back. I right. always hold back. I'm pumping the brakes 9 times out of 10 cuz I'm like, "Eh, I don't, but like, you
2: let it rip, dude. Yeah, you're probably smart. You probably should keep <laughs> <it>. <laughs> No, I I just, I, you know, at a, at a certain point, I, I think I just got to the point where it's like, okay, I, I'm not going to put up with this. I don't care. I'm going to be myself and let the chips fall where they may. And if somebody doesn't want to work with me because of my politics, then I probably wouldn't enjoy the experience anyway, so. The hell with it, you know. But has it has it gotten in the way
0: ever? Have you, like, been on the set and someone says something and you bite your tongue? Has it ever been? Because, like, with me, like, I, I was writing on uh, the old George Lopez show, the sitcom, and I had a producer. Uh, a buddy of mine said something about Bush, like, in support of Bush. And, and this woman was like, uh, I can't believe we've got Republicans on the staff. And me yeah. and my got yeah. really quiet really quick, you know.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? I don't... Everybody knows what my politics are, and I don't I don't talk politics on the set. I mean, if somebody brings it up, I just go, you know, it's not something I'm willing to discuss here. I don't think it's the proper forum, unless you'd like to talk about Jesus, too. <laughs> and, you know, they sort of leave me alone after that. But, yeah, I, I just... It's just a policy. You know, what I do on Twitter and... You know, when I speak on the radio or whatever I do, that's that's one thing. But I'm I don't like the people that that talk politics at work. I think it's yeah. rude. I, I think it's rude because there's a power imbalance there, and there's definitely people on the crew that are not going to speak up if a if one of the stars starts going on and on about how what a racist Trump is or how awful Republicans are. Yeah. You know, because a lot of it, the crew's mixed. The crew isn't. 100 percent democrat but they can't you know that it's not fair if they open their mouths they'll get fired
0: yeah yeah absolutely i just
2: i just don't do that
0: okay well um before i let you go one more question was uh, did you ever turn down a part or lose out a part and just look back and go man i messed up i wish i could have a do-over on that like famously like tom Selleck was supposed to be indiana jones uh, James Caan turned down the lead in Kramer versus Kramer. Ha, ha, do you have a do you have one of those famous like the the part that got away stories?
2: <laughs> and no, I I don't really. I I think I must have accepted every part that somebody offered me. <laughs> you know, That's fantastic. I, <laughs> I just went okay. How much? You know, I, I might have I might have turned a few things down because. I didn't think there was enough money, or it was too far to travel, or it conflicted with something. But I never did turn down a role just because I didn't like it. You
0: know. Well, hey, that's cool. Uh, I am digging it. So, so what's next? Are you gonna Are you gonna go back to directing? You, you are you acting? What's <coughs> What's next?
2: Well, I'm I'm still acting uh, once in a while, and I, I have a couple of projects that I'm developing. Um, one about one's a wrestling script, and one is a script about gospel quartet music in the 60s which as you might imagine is a really hot topic right now that's Um, the
0: one that's going to sell that's (laughs) the one that's going to sell i'll tell you right now
2: right but no I, i do hope to direct some more i've kind of i've gotten to that age where most of the parts people offer me are kind of boring they're the same things that i've already done and it's like you know the old guys don't get the old guys don't get to do that much unless you're robert duvall
0: well, dude, uh, you you are you are killing it. You're crushing it. Don't change anything. Uh, a, a fine, fine actor, a great director. Everybody, you need to go out and and see Gosnell uh, on October twelfth.
2: Absolutely, so, that that first weekend is key. Everybody, go on opening day.
0: Yeah, you gotta you gotta make that algorithm happen. Let's right. make that. Let's beat the machine, right. Nick. Thank you so much for being on the show, dude. Uh, have a good one. I'll let you get back to golf. I, and I, I'd love to talk to you in the future, brother, if, you'd ever, right. if you're ever around.
2: Nice talking to you, Michael.
0: Good talking to you, buddy. Take care. All right. All right. That is what I'm talking about. That See, that's that's big-time Hollywood guests. That's <laughs> big Hollywood right there. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Nick Searcy. What a cool dude. What an absolutely... Uh, uh, great dude look at us go like we got we got the nick searcy on here we got the the kurt schlichter we've had mm-hmm. uh we've had the the charlie sheen we we've had the uh oh my gosh i can't remember her name Derek
1: hunter.
0: So, uh Derek hunter mm-hmm. yep but i'm talking i'm talking hollywood uh, Oh, sorry that, that girl from uh king of queens that leah remini girl
1: that's leah remini girl
0: we had her. She's mm-hmm. hilarious. I was watching uh, a little bit of her uh, she reality J-Lo, show. Didn't it was she? on the other night. Well, I wanted her <laughs> to say hello to J Lo for me, right? Which she didn't do. She claimed that she told me she did, and then she she told me that that J Lo uh, cursed me out a little bit, said like "f you" something, and I was delighted. I was delighted Just by that. that. She
1: talked to you yes. about you
0: about me. Knows awesome. that I exist. However, none of it happened. Still it waiting happened.
1: for Taylor Swift though. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> I don't want to get into that.
0: <laughs> hey. Um just this is just a random just just a completely random thought, but I just want to make sure I say it. I saw this uh, I'm I'm going through the the, the Twitter the other day mm-hmm. and I see like some some women's study professor in somewhere uh, said some... I, I can't even... I don't even know what the article was about. I couldn't get by her hair. And, like, what is up with all the women's study professors and their hair? Like, how can not... There's got to be... There's got to be a hot women's studies professor somewhere.
1: Oh, there's a couple. They're just not okay with feminists. So, um, Claire... Claire Lehman is a very pretty lady. Um, Deborah... Deborah Lowe I think she's a sex researcher she's a very pretty woman that's um, but that's they're, different they're not um they're not okay with the radical third wave feminists because they say things like men aren't toxic men and women are different and things like that
0: I just wonder if like what's there's got to be like a commonality here like and I'm, I'm using gross stereotypes very I really angry am. women. Like,
1: they're very angry,
0: but like even if you are like an angry like and I'm not saying they're all lesbians, but like if you're an angry like butch lesbian, you get that official uh you know butch hardcore you know dyke haircut you know mm-hmm. and, and this it's not even that this is more like 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 an asexual like like it's Pat from from uh, Saturday Night Live, and I just, I find it odd, and I'd like to,
1: You'd like, I want to, you know, you don't really want to understand it, if you want to understand it, you have to go look in an account called Hands Across the Isle, which is where lesbians and women are actually being kicked out of the feminist movement and the LBGTQ movement, so now it'll just be GBTQ. Maybe I don't know. Um, and then sometimes because P, they're trying
0: to add the P to it now.
1: What's the P? Pedophilia. Oh no 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 no!
0: No! <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, they're not. It's it's. They're not calling it pedophilia, but the it's it's pedo something. It's
1: whatever. It's wrong, and if they add that, then I have to oppose them on everything. But. Yeah. These women are being kicked out of the movement, essentially, because they say trans trans women are still men, and there are women's spaces that they shouldn't be in because it's dangerous, like violent shelters and things like that, especially when you go down to younger ages. And, I mean, these women get death threats, I mean, because they say that's not really a woman.
0: Well, uh, (laughs) I'm going to let them fight. I just want I want Oprah to come back and tour the nation and do makeovers on all the women <laughs> all the women's studies professors. It's gonna be dicey. You know very, I, you, you need to figure out what you want to look like at the at the end. Uh, I think you, know,
1: you know, I um, Stacy London and her partner there, they used to do what not to wear on TLC. Oh, yeah. I think they I never would liked do a her. better job.
0: They oh they would do a much better job. Well, they would do a much loved better her job.
1: Gray streak. I thought that was so cool. I was thinking about doing it myself.
0: You could totally rock that. I'm you thinking could totally about rock it. that. I'm thinking do it. About do it. it. You'd, you'd it'd be better on you than it would on Stacy London. <laughs> I never. I, I'm listen. I got the same. It's not. It's in the same area as Omarosa. Stacy London is worried about one person. Stacy London. It's just she's not. You got to be a bit of a giver. You got to be a, a bit of. And I don't. I don't get that uh, sense from her. Okay well, I mean,
1: I loved uh, her partner, Clinton. I just thought he was wonderful.
0: That dude was all right. Give yeah. him his own show. Mm-hmm. Just give him his own show. okay, so um, I thought this was hysterical. It's not really pop culture, but it's like terrifying and pop culture adjacent they're they're I guess it's already like this in Scotland and and England is getting ready to make this change where you're born automatically being an organ donor your everyone is gonna automatically. Be an organ donor unless you opt out. Do you remember the that Monty Python Do you remember the Monty Python skit where it's the couple at home just like hanging out and then these and then John Cleese and this other guy dressed up as doctors come and like we're here for your liver? And no, the guy's like, I'm I using it. Ever.
1: That's gross.
0: Oh, it's hilarious. These two doctors just come into the house, and they're like, we are here for your liver. And the guy's like, I'm, I'm, I'm using it. I can't give it up now. No, no, no. It says clearly you're an organ donor. We need you. And they're like literally hold the guy down in the kitchen, and they rip us. That's that's coming soon to a country near you.
1: That's insane.
0: Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, automatically in a former an organ medical
1: donor. professional, I'm disgusted by a lot of what the NHA excuse me nhs does um and some of the things that have been found they have done that are just disgusting which is kind of like organ donation with no um permission but to like that's just wrong it's complete I mean, consent just... is everything in the medical profession i can't
0: wait I can't wait for the first mistake. Like already, there's so many mistakes made in hospitals left and right. Like they tell you take a sharpie, like if you're going to have an operation done on your left foot, take you know, this
1: leg, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right right on with on your foot with uh, with a sharpie. This is the one, not the other one. So, <laughs> right. I just can't wait till some dude it will be a dra- dramatic reenactment of the uh of the money python skit. We're oh, yeah. here for your liver. Okay. Uh, in other, I think, funny pop culture uh, Hollywood news, uh, some street artist, I don't know if it was Sabo, and I don't know it, if it was a, a friend of ours mm-hmm. who did this, but somebody put up a boatload of fake Donald Trump stars on the Walk of Fame.
1: Oh, that friend of ours? And that I was awesome. delighted. If that friend of ours did it, that would be awesome.
0: It sounds...
1: Because Sabo usually takes credit. I
0: I don't think Sabo takes a lot of credit.
1: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. But he takes credit for most of the ones that like hit the media, that that hit the media and silence. I'm kind of thinking it might be our friend. We could ask him. We won't tell you know anybody.
0: What? I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll shoot him an email and find out. But it was a great idea, mm-hmm. and and it's the kind of thing that I want to continue. I want that to just keep going. Like spontaneously, you'll wake up and there'll be thirty. And here's the here's the cool thing about it. And this is the difference in my between conservatives and liberals. What they did, they put it on an empty. Uh, Portion. They didn't right. cover any existing stars, which I, I thought they, was a very, very, very cool move.
1: No, I think they could have covered Bill Cosby's, Roman Polanski's, and, you know, those guys, and I would have been okay with it. Because how big a hypocrite are you people? You don't like the president, so you take his off. He paid for it, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Um, and you leave the stars of these absolute skellbags? Really?
0: Yeah, yeah, and the only reason I don't know why maybe 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 the city of Los Angeles was providing security. I'm trying to find some like legit reason. At first, I thought uh, the city. I guess it's technically the city of Hollywood. Like right. like the city of Hollywood. Like, listen, we can't afford to shell out thirty thousand dollars or whatever it is every time somebody defaces this thing. We just can't afford to do that. But I guess Trump was paying for it. Trump was like, whatever. Right. Whenever they mess it up, I'll 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 pay for the new one. Maybe so they better come up with a real legit reason really soon. But I, I want this I want the street artist to continue. Just I mean keep the, putting up the fake ones.
1: The proposal or whatever you call it in the city council that I read was just we don't like him. He's a terrible president. He you know, keeps families at the border. I mean, it was all the stuff that the left screams about, never mind that half the children under five that were there with criminals and human traffickers. Um, That's why we separate them and make sure everybody's with who they're supposed to be with. Um, But all that stuff in the petition, it, it really had nothing to do with cost. It had nothing to do with repairs. It was just like, we don't like him. He's not a good person. Well, let's go down that little walk of fame and take off all the stars of people who are not good people.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it's the, the, the kangaroo court of the, public opinion, and it's not even public opinion. It's like it's the, the, it's the court of the elite. Who like oh will decide, and that's the problem altogether. It's a it's a great metaphor. It's a great metaphor. The, the, these a handful of bogus. I don't even know if they're elected officials or if it's just like who sits on that council that gives away the Hollywood Walk of Fame stars. Mm-hmm. They just decide we're going to unperson you. We don't like you uh, because we don't like this person, regardless of the track record, regardless of of the facts. It, and that is. Uh, Uh, really a scary
1: thing here's what they don't understand what do you do to trump when you make stupid decisions like that what do you do to alex jones when you make stupid decisions like that what do you do with gavin mcginnis who again i don't really understand what they were trying to associate him with um you just made them all martyrs yeah seriously The day Alex Jones was taken off of iTunes, so his podcasts were no longer available on the platform itself, but his app was still available in the store, and I think Apple has maintained that, it was the fourth most downloaded app that day. Yeah. People were just going like, okay, what is this, and maybe I need to go look. Like, you literally just increased his audience, you didn't decrease it.
0: And, and it's almost, and like they'll, they'll forget that people still talk. Like the, the way I heard of Alex Jones, Mm -hmm. the first time ever, a buddy of mine told me about it. He goes, Oh, man, I'm listening to this dude, Alex Jones. You got to check it out because this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, What? What is this? And they played me a little bit, and I'm like, Okay, that's, uh, that's not my that's not my jam. I, I got it from jam. the
1: shirtless pictures and the gay frog gifts and then I had to say, Well, who is this? <laughs> and then I found out.
0: <laughs> well, it is uh, you know. th- that is the that is the un- intended consequence when you start just beating up on somebody you make them more popular
1: then you you look at Vox's article the next day so CNN went 100% activist then Oliver Darcy decides to comb through Infowars Twitter feed and find all the things that potentially violated terms of service and make Twitter make Infowars delete them I mean if that's not activism journalism I don't know what is um, and then Vox puts out something that now we're supposed to take, Stephen Crowder, um, Lauren Southern. I mean, there was a list of like 10 who are not conspiracy theorists. A lot of these people go out and do video journalism of what's actually going on. So
2: yeah. It's really yeah. just well, that was
1: telling us you don't want us to know what's actually going on.
0: And that was the other thing, like like when they got rid of uh, you know Alex Jones and and Gavin, everybody's going. Well, that's where it's going to stop. That no, that's where it's going to end. It's not. it's not. It's not like they're going to ask uh, Fox News to be shut down. And already there's a petition with thousands of signatures to get Fox. <laughs> it's yeah, right... I know. It it is. It's not a slippery slope. It's one of those like uh, slippery water slides. Yeah. One of those uh, Schlittenheimer, the big, <laughs> the big. The you big, got big, one big of those ones.
1: super slippery mats on a super slippery slide with a big gush of water.
0: This is hilarious. Some dude uh, wrote an op-ed, I think, in the New York Times, uh, calling for all all of all the media to gang up on Trump. <laughs> He's like, what? The media. Yeah, the media we have a responsibility to gang up on trump we should all get together and we should all make fun of the things he says and we should all make fun of the tweets and we should all make people be i'm like dude are, are you new
1: have you been <laughs> asleep <laughs> that's that's all they've been doing no it's my like, favorite I'm, article
0: i'm asking mcdonald's i hereby ask mcdonald's to come up with their own sandwich uh a bigger sandwich with two all beef patties so it's like yeah dude that's 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 yeah, the Big map we, we got, got it. That. We're, no, my, we're
1: good to go. My favorite article of the week, and this goes to culture, is this woman writes this big article in The Atlantic about these videos her son was watching in late high school. And then he went away to college. And then she figured out and started watching Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro and Eric... Um, Weinstein and all these other intellectual dark and said oh my god this was the first argument against identity politics they have ever heard and they love it so she basically writes this whole article about how Jordan Peterson in that perspective snuck up on the left because it wasn't in their usual channels and he's actually yeah. beating them he's actually beating them
0: Oh yeah, at their own and, game
1: and- it's delicious I love it
0: Oh, it's it's the best. Uh, a buddy of mine sent me that article uh, a couple of days ago, and I read it, and it's fantastic. Isn't and that's it? like people forget that people talk. Yep. And when and when there is a great idea, or where there is some, you know, shard of of knowledge just sitting on the beach, and somebody finds it, and they go, "Oh my gosh, there's there's shards of knowledge on this beach." What? And then their friends go down, and they go, "Oh my, I found a shard of knowledge on the beach," and then they tell their friends, and yeah, you can. That's the good thing. That gives me uh, uh, hope, hope. And, and faith and all that stuff. Yep. I want to get to this before we run out of time. I finally, finally, finally uh, uh, watched uh, Deadpool two.
1: Was I right about the final scene?
0: Well, it, it's it's spoiler city now. It's we're just we're going gonna to rip it right open. <laughs> it's out on digital video. You can stream it. You can rent it. Whatever. What uh, what. Was your big thing? Was it was the, the end credit scene?
1: The end credit scene where he kills himself because he was in that movie that you said was the dumbest thing he ever did.
0: Oh, well, that, yeah, that's the second time he's made fun of himself with <laughs> Green Lantern. Yeah. But that was kind of funny uh, when he did that. Although it, it's a bummer. Uh, a friend of mine mm-hmm. is uh, good buddies with Ryan Reynolds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I'll just say this uh is listed as a producer on both movies and I'm just talking out of school here here we go I'm just talking out of school uh the first movie was so good i expected nothing i expected nothing saw deadpool and just hilarious yeah. hilarious hilarious i call my buddy i congratulate him and i'm like are you working on that sequel get that sequel going he told me there was problems with the script but but ryan was going to go in and some other they were going to fix it and you know ryan loves deadpool Deadpool 2, I mean, it kind of does. It, it, it suffered from, there was a lot of laugh-out-loud moments. Yes. I laughed out loud a lot. However, it could have been so much better. It could have been so much better.
1: I, I left pretty happy. Like, when he had his little group of superheroes, and they kept dying all except for that one girl, I was cracking
0: up. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. That was- that was hilarious, yeah. hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> However, when when they you, his relationship with that with his, I, you know, it's horrible. I don't know the actress's name, but that was the whole first movie. Mm-hmm. He wanted a guy that he wanted to turn himself back into the old Ryan Reynolds, so he wasn't ugly, so he could get his girl back because that's his true love, and you know he's a hopeless romantic. When you kill her in the very beginning, and. He didn't it, – it's weird because he, he still wanted to crack wise. I don't think they did that moment right at all, at all. And then it became uh, problematic from, a, from a, a writing point of view. I'm like, I don't know what Deadpool wants. Like, does he want to commit suicide and, and go and be with her in and, and heaven? Does he want to die and be with her, but, oh, he can't be with her? Oh, now he wants to save this kid? Oh, he needs to save the kids so he can do this. And then Josh Brolin uh, shows up, and and Ryan and Deadpool's like, well, "Where are you from?" And the guy's like, "I'm from the future. I got a I got a wristwatch here, and I got I got one trip left. If I'm if I'm Deadpool, I'm chopping that thing off his hand. Uh, I'm chopping it off his hand, and I'm gonna go save my wife. Like for them to for them to like leave that just like what? So, so whenever, whenever you're sitting, and this is for all the writers out there, because I know we have a lot of writers that listen to the show. <laughs> whatever, whatever you're sitting there, ask you, what does my character want? What, and and they just they just muddied it up. <laughs> it had plenty of jokes. It had plenty of jokes and laugh out loud moments. Um,
1: I'm just uh, so I, much less critical than you that I just enjoyed it. <laughs> like I don't think is, it like a writer so easy. I, I don't think like a writer. It would have
0: been so easy to fix. You would have loved it more. Right now, you walk out of Deadpool 2 and you're like, that was money well spent. Uh, I enjoyed myself. Uh-huh. You could have left that movie theater going, holy cow. Holy. And that's, uh, to me, that's what you get from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. But now we'll see what happens without Tim Gunn. I feel bad for everyone involved. That's a, that's a lose, lose, lose scenario. Uh, listen, I want to thank Nick Searcy for being on the show. Uh, next week, uh, I want to talk, remind me to talk about uh, Murphy Brown uh, coming okay. back. And remind me to talk about uh, The Punisher. I'm going, I'm, I'm watching The Punisher. I got four episodes left. That um, guy's a
1: yeah great actor. Binge-washing Gotham. I'm way behind, but I can't put that one down.
0: Oof, don't get me started on Gotham. Don't get me started on Gotham. Okay, so um, lots going on. The next few weeks, you guys, keep a good thought in your head. Uh, the next few weeks are extremely, extre- <laughs> extremely important weeks. Uh, powerful forces are at work. I'm going to be doing some stand-up uh, Wednesday night. I'm going to be at the Irvine Improv Uh, I'll be headlining some shows out there I guess they have a wonderful new comedy club it's huge, it's ginormous and I would love to just uh, just fill that sucker up with fans of the Loftus Party so thanks for liking uh, the videos leave a review on iTunes for the podcast, come out and see me at the Irvine Improv on Wednesday, thanks Nick Searcy go to the website go to theloftusparty.com get yourself a little something wear your colors with pride i'll see you guys next week bye